fight begin! Welcome to It's Real to Us, the Wrestling Podcast, with your hosts, Anthony Passiella, Nate Diggity Dog, and Tony the Father. What's going on, you guys? And welcome to It's Real to Us, the Wrestling Podcast. As a reminder, you can find us on Instagram, X, TikTok, and now YouTube at It's Real to Us. Any support would be greatly appreciated, whether that's a like, whether that's a comment, whether you share, or whether you're just listening to the show. We really appreciate it. Now, on today's episode, we will review and discuss everything that happened at NXT Deadline, because we were live in attendance for a very, very entertaining show start to finish. Now, if you didn't happen to see the show, don't worry about it, because Tony the Father and yours truly are going to break down everything you need to know. With a deadline of his own approaching, CM Punk Rock, I chimed in with the haven't you people ever heard of... CM Punk in NXT made a surprise appearance on the black and gold brand. The controversial superstar teased joining NXT, and although we all know that'll never happen, we'll never complain about another appearance from CM Punk. CM Punk. CM Punk. On the NXT Deadline kickoff show, Nathan Frazier Crane cheers to Big Norm, psyched out Axiom with a handful of acrobatic and hard-hitting moves. But at the end, it was the Red Power Ranger Axiom who morphed into a Spanish fly and soared to victory. Dirty Dominic DeCoco is an inglorious bastard, which is why his father, Rey Mysterio, was in Dragon Lee's corner. With Dom too concerned about his father's presence, and with the Judgment Day nowhere to be seen, Mysterio's title reign blew up. Dragon Lee secured the biggest win of his career and is the new North American champion. Although Lexus, the Lion King's hair, was majestically flowing in the wind, Man, I wish I had that hair. It was Carmella who hazed the newcomer with the one-finger salute. Fuck you, Simba. After the stampede settled, it was Carmelo with his hand held high. Carmelo Hayes defeats Lexus King. Blair Davenportnoy used a bar stool to stand head and shoulders above everyone else in the Women's Iron Survivor Challenge. Will Blair cash in on this opportunity and become El Presidente of the NXT Women's Division? Blair Davenport and Lyra Valkyria collide for the NXT Women's title at New Year's Evil. With no falls and less than two minutes to go, Trick Robin Williams turned doubt into fire and picked up four quick pins to win the men's Iron Survivor Challenge. Whoop that trick. Whoop that trick. Whoop that trick. Williams emerges as the new number one contender for the NXT Championship. Watch out, Dragonov. Kiana LeBron James couldn't win the big one by herself, so she enlisted the help of Izzy Dame Dwayne Wade with a well-timed assist from Izzy in the form of a steel cage door slamming in the face of Roxanne Perez. James was able to slam dunk a win after hitting the deal breaker. Kiana James defeats Roxanne Perez inside a steel cage. With the dragon off in hand, Ilya lined up a kill shot on Baron Corbin, but before pulling the trigger, Ilya whispered, you broke my heart. You broke my heart. I know it was you, Baron. Ilya Dragunov defeats Baron Corbin. That was the fastest NXT deadline recap 
I'm Anthony the Mark, joined alongside Tony the Father. Nate Diggity Dog is on assignment, and he is not with us today. But we were all live in attendance for NXT Deadline. Great show, great fans. We actually came across a whole bunch of great people, right, Tony? Oh, it was an awesome time. We were at the, where was it, the Mortgage Arena? Total Mortgage Arena. Total Mortgage Arena in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And it was a beautiful night. It was about 50 degrees out. We were outside. We got there early. We entertained in the parking lot. We were talking to people, meeting people. At one point, I looked over. You were taking fucking selfies with people. So we were handing out business cards, obviously trying to promote the show, grow our brand. And a couple of people said that they recognized the show. They recognized a couple of the memes I've been created. So they wanted to take photos. They may have taken Nathan and I for other podcasters who are maybe a little more well-known, but either way, we met some great people. I also need to shout out Brayden. He has been following all of our stuff. He's been liking all of our stuff. Thank you, Brayden, for listening. We appreciate it. Actually, he may have been who we took the selfie with. Nobody want to take a selfie with me. I can't understand. I, I got such a profile, too. I only wonder why people wouldn't want to take a selfie with you. I don't know. I, I can't understand that. I I'm a good-looking guy. I'm entertaining. I talk to people. No one wanted to take my selfie. I even asked them, when you take a selfie? They said no, and they walked away. What was the name of that guy and his son we met when we were waiting online? I don't remember his name, but he's following us on Instagram right now, the Weather Dog. So the Weather Dog. The shout goes out to the Weather Dog. What a nice guy. He was talking, and his son, too. Great, great kid. Uh -huh. Also, a shout-out to a guy named Herbin. I didn't get his last name, but it was a pleasure interacting with everybody who was willing to talk to us, willing to listen and support the show. So thank you, everybody. We really appreciate it, and we had a blast. Tony, what do you recall most from the show? What I'm going to recall, and I'm going to keep it with me, is my sore ass and my back that still hurts. The event was great, but the seats were so small. Yeah, you mentioned it when we were at the show. Sardines is what it felt like. I felt like a sardine, yeah. Yeah, opened a can, and that was me. I was a sardine. Everybody was a sardine, you know? I couldn't even clap. I had my alligator arms out because I couldn't reach. It was me, Tony the Father, Nate Diggity Dog, and Mikey P went with us, and we were all giving out cards like we said, but we're four relatively big guys. Wait a minute. What, what do you mean relatively? There's four guys at least 1,000 pounds between the four of us. So picture four guys, 1,000 pounds total weight, in seats that are meant for people that are 120 pounds. I don't know if we are a 1,000 pounds. We're probably close to. I think we're just underneath it. Me, you, and Mikey, at least 750, 760. Nate Dog, any given day after a big meal, he, he's pushing 240. That's 1,000. Add it up. All right. Well, we got to talk about NXT, right? That's why we're here. So we mentioned we were live in attendance. It was so much fun, and we have to start with the surprise appearance from CM Punk. It was rumored throughout the day he took a photo of himself at WWE headquarters in Stanford, Connecticut. He said, maybe I'll show up at NXT tonight. So we were super excited. We were hoping. We were praying, and our prayers were answered because CM Punk showed up. And it was just everything you could have hoped and more. Nobody who bought a ticket to an NXT show in Bridgeport, Connecticut, would thought that they were going to see CM Punk. My God, what a Christmas gift. It was a Christmas gift. That's a nice way of putting it, actually. And it makes sense, right? He just broke the social media record on WWE's platforms for his return. People are just clicking, and they want to see more of CM Punk. So with the whole speculation of is he going to sign with Raw or is he going to sign with SmackDown, it made total sense to bring him out and tease the idea of him signing with NXT. WWE having the understanding of let's just throw CM Punk out there. It'll get more eyes on the product. Very, very smart. So let's just jump into that. What did you no, think? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm not jumping into anything. Before CM Punk came out, one of my longtime favorites, 
The Heartbreak Kid comes out. How do we not mention him? Come on. I know you're a lot younger, but Shawn Michaels is the man. Come on. Shawn Michaels is the performer who got me into wrestling, so you need to pump the brakes. I give Shawn Michaels all the respect in the world. He's one of the greatest of all times, but he's the NXT general manager, so it, it wasn't shocking to see him. Seeing CM Punk in the building was shocking. You see Shawn Michaels first, then CM Punk. What a start to the show. The price of admission, I don't care what you paid for your ticket, you got your money's worth right there. It was just fun seeing them in the ring together go back and forth. Nothing really happened. No, but it was just nice to see them come out. What a way to kick off an event. Yeah, it was. So let's talk about everything else that happened in the event. I think a good place to start might be with the Men's Iron Survivor Challenge. You had Trick Williams, Braun Breaker, Josh Briggs, Tyler Bate, and Dijak all competing to become the next number one contender for the NXT Championship. If you've never seen the Iron Survivor Challenge match, you basically need to have the most falls pinfall submissions at the end of 25 minutes and when you get pinned this is the best part of the whole match you go into the penalty box there you sit for 90 seconds before you're allowed back in and allowed to try and get more falls and to the excitement of everyone i'm not joking when i say everyone in attendance trick williams ended up winning the match i thought he was eliminated come on about a minute and a half, two minutes to go, and the guy had no pins, and he was the guy getting pinned. He was in a penalty box most of the time. So shout out to Williams to come up with a victory there. You know, if I was betting live, I would have got huge odds on that for him to win. WWE had me on a hook. I was so upset because the crowd was clearly behind Trick Williams, and he had no pinfalls 23 minutes into the match, and I'm sitting here, and I'm watching the match, and I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? How are you going to let my boy not get a fall? And he's the biggest crowd favorite here. Everybody was chanting for him the entire night, and just kudos to WWE. He got four quick falls. He won the match, and it was a great match. I was surprised how it kept my attention and I was on the edge of my seat. It was so fucking fun. I had a lot of fun watching that. Is there any moment maybe that comes to mind when you think back on that match that you were you really, really enjoyed? My favorite part was when Rick Steiner's kid, Ron Breaker, came out. And he was like a pit bull on fire. This guy pinned three guys in less than a minute. It was incredible. That was the highlight of the match for me. I like what they did with Braun Breaker. I thought that he was a lot of fun in the match. It showcased how much of a threat he is and how much of a threat the spear is. So the Men's Iron Survivor Challenge was electric. Trick Williams will go on to face Ilya Dragunov, I think, as soon as New Year's Evil. So now transitioning from the men's to the Women's Iron Survivor Challenge, Blair Davenport defeated Tiffany Stratton, Lash Legend, Kalani Jordan, and Fallon Henley to emerge as the Iron Survivor in the Women's division and will go on to challenge Lyra Valkyria. But something also big that happened in this segment was that Cora Jade returned after being sidelined for four months. So a lot to unpack. Let's just talk about the match first. What were your big takeaways from that match? By far, what caught my eye the most was Tiffany Stratton. Tiffany's got it all. She's got the ability. She's got the strength. She's got the size. She's got the looks. There's only one thing she's missing. My last name. I love you, Tiffany. What is that going to do for her? It does shit for her, but it does everything for me. Imagine I was married to her and I came home and she was there. Oh, my God. It'd be fantastic. For about 14 seconds, I'd be psyched. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's dial this back and let's get back into it, okay? 
I could see Stratton being the face of the women's division for the next 10 years easily. But there were a lot of other great moments in that match. Lash Legend suplexing everybody as soon as she came in was fun. Kalani Jordan had a 450 splash. Stratton had a swanton bomb from the top of the penalty box. And she, of course, hit her moonsault. So in the final moments of the match, Blair ends up picking up the third fall. She hits a knee and gets a pin. Lash Legend comes out of the penalty box. And she's chasing Blair around the ring for the last 15 seconds or so. Tony, what did you think about how this match finished? I didn't really like it. After she gave the knee, she kind of took a knee. She was running out the clock. And, like, you know, it looked like the fourth quarter. Quarterback takes a snap. I'm taking a knee. We're killing the clock. The other team had no timeouts. So I didn't like the way it ended. I would have liked to see more engagement. But she did the right thing. She knew she was going to win. She took the win. It's a very heel move to understand the situation, and just avoid any type of physicality and leave as the winner. So kudos to Blair. I do think that we have to mention that this was the lesser, in my opinion at least, of the Iron Survivor Challenge matches. The men's match was so crisp. It seemed like every single spot had a purpose, had a moment. The women's match was a little bit all over the place, and it seemed like they weren't as cohesive as the men. And especially when you rewatch it back, when we were live in attendance, Tiffany, she pushed Henley through the table from the penalty box into the table. And I remember in person, I was like, oh, wow, that's so cool. When you watch it back, Stratton's waiting to push Henley until she's like in a safe spot. So there were a lot of moments in this match that seemed a little disjointed. No, I agree. Definitely the men's match was better. But this was a solid match, so it kept me entertained. I enjoyed the match. And the other big development is, as I mentioned earlier, Cora Jade is back. She's been gone for four months. She got a boob job. I don't know if you saw that. What do you mean you don't know if I saw that? Of course I saw that. There's no boobs that go by me. Come on. So she was gone for some time. She's back now. She's going to target the NXT Women's Championship, so that'll be interesting to see. But while we're on the subjects of championships, we need to mention that one changed hands at NXT deadline. Dragon Lee defeated Dominic Mysterio to become the new North American champion. Were you surprised seeing Dominic drop the title? His dad was at ringside. Ray was at ringside on crutches, which was kind of sad to see. But I was definitely surprised that Dragon Lee got the win, and he took the title. So I wasn't as surprised because... Dominic has been the North American champion for an extended period of time now, right? He's been working Raw, SmackDown, NXT. He's practically been the Iron Man of WWE. You got to give Dom a lot of credit over the work he's put in over the last year. What is he going to be? NXT North American champion forever? Why not give the belt to Dragon Lee, somebody who has lost a lot of steam as of late? I don't know. I thought that this was a good way to kind of push Dominic's story in a different direction. The Judgment Day were nowhere to be seen. That's what was surprising to me. You didn't see the Judgment Day. Where was Finn? Where was Damien? Where was mommy? He was on his own. I didn't see the comments after the match. I didn't talk to anyone that spoke to Dominic, but I know he couldn't have been happy that his family wasn't there. The only family member he had there was his father, who he hates. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Dominic if the Judgment Day is upset with him for not retaining the North American Championship, if he's upset with the Judgment Day for not supporting him. Good for Dragon Lee, but I don't care. I've officially decided I don't like Dragon Lee. He just doesn't do anything for me. He's great in the ring, but so is 95% of the yeah, roster. There's no, no character there other than him wearing a mask and being a Lucha Libre who was inspired by Rey Mysterio. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Dragon Lee either. So, good for him. Hopefully, he can make me a believer during this championship run. Yeah, Dom's going to come up to the big show now. He doesn't have to focus on this. So, at the end of the day, it's all good. Okay, next we are going to talk about Axiom versus Nathan Frazier, which was a kickoff show match. And 
believe it or not, it was one of the better matches of the night. I uh, was thoroughly entertained throughout. This was a face-first-face -face dynamic, so there was no nefarious tactics involved. It was just straight up who was the better wrestler, and Axiom prevailed. I thought it was a great match for a pre-show match. I was entertained, you know? Sometimes you get these pre-show matches. It's, ah, whatever, just get to the main event. But the Red Power Ranger, you know, he's impressing me. The more I see him, the more I like the guy. I want to see Axiom on LWO. He's got a lot of ability. I mean, if anybody's going to join the LWO, it would make sense for it to be Dragon Lee, considering Mysterio was in Lee's corner. But I'd rather it be Axiom. I wish that Axiom was in Dragon Lee's spot, and he was actually the new North American champion right now. Well, maybe they got plans for him down the road, you know, when Ray comes back and they're bringing him along. You know, he's how long has he been around? So Axiom was actually previously known as A-Kid in NXT UK. And actually, funny enough, Michael would get a real kick out of this. I think he was the inaugural Heritage Cup winner. Then after NXT UK, I think he was repackaged as Axiom, and I think he's been doing that for about a year. 2022 sounds about right. Yeah, but really... What was the first time he was on Raw? When? He debuted on SmackDown, um, I think it was a couple of weeks ago against Dragon Lee, actually. He's got a lot of ability, and they're building him up. I, I like the guy. I could see him on LWO someday. And there's just something about Nathan Frazier that makes me want to punch him. He's this good-looking guy. He's freaking incredibly chiseled, and I just, I don't like him. Well, right there. He's good-looking, and he's chiseled. I want to punch anybody good-looking and chiseled. Look at me. I look like a blob. <laughs> you look like a good blob. I'm not a good blob. I'm not good looking and I'm not chiseled. I'm far from chiseled. You've lost some weight. Oh, yeah, that's right. We got to bring that point up. What do you think I'm doing? Wait a minute. I lost five pounds last week. Five pounds. Yeah. Now, we went to the show. Probably had a setback. I'm not going to weigh myself for a couple of days. I had McDonald's fries on the way and a couple of chicken nuggets. They fucked me on my cheeseburger, though. I'd eat that hockey puck at the fucking rink. It gave me agita. You didn't have to eat it. What was I going to do? I was weak. I was dizzy. I had to eat something. Someone else who was dizzy was Lexus King, who was absolutely destroyed by Carmelo Hayes in their one-on-one -on -one match at NXT deadline. It wasn't a great match. It was rather predictable. We all knew Carmelo was going to win, and... This was a match that you could have seen any given week on NXT just on Tuesday. Personally, nothing stood out to me. How about you, Tony? It was kind of like when the Yankees are in exhibition and they play their minor league team. Yeah, okay, whatever. But you got to love Melo. A couple of things on Melo. One, it was announced that he will be the NXT superstar that will be competing in the United States Championship Tournament. So do you think he has a chance to win that and maybe go on to face Logan Paul at the Royal Rumble? Nathan actually called that a couple of weeks ago. So we got to give him credit even though he's not here. He'll have a shot in that tournament, but do I think he's going to win it and face Logan Paul? No, I don't. So we'll see what happens, though. You know, Melo's got the ability, and he's a fan favorite. You got to like that. Well, he's a fan favorite, but for how long? So something else that we need to talk about is that after the Carmelo Hayes-Lexis King match, King announced he wasn't the one who attacked Trick Williams a couple weeks ago on NXT, which is what created this match, Melo stepping up for his friend. So if it wasn't Lexis King... Who was it who attacked Trick Williams? Could it possibly be Carmelo Hayes? Yeah, probably. Melo used to be the man. Now Trick is past Melo. You know, absolutely. The guy's probably a little taken back by it. I don't blame him. You know, he wants the spotlight back. Why not? I definitely think the money match is Carmelo versus Trick Williams. So I don't think it's a matter of if, but when they end up breaking up and fighting. It'll be interesting to see how they go about Williams' championship match against Dragunov and Carmelo's involvement in this United States Championship Tournament. I think ultimately that will decide when Carmelo turns on Trick or if they end up staying together. Lots to keep an eye on there, but we're not going to speculate. We're just going to 
move on and we're going to talk about the steel cage match between Roxanne Perez and Kiana James. So I love steel cage matches. Let me just say that first and foremost. But honestly, I felt that this match kind of came up a little flat. I don't know if it was a lack of physicality or the other matches set the bar too high. But for whatever reason, this match just kind of stunk in my opinion. I got to give it a day. When I look at a steel cage match, I look at guys like Mick Foley. They're going to hurt themselves. They're going to abuse their bodies. Perez and James in the steel cage match, it was too fluff. There wasn't enough of jumping off the cage or climbing halfway up, getting ripped down, or banging their heads into the steel cage. It was kind of a boring type of go through the motions. I'm sorry. I didn't like it. And the reveal with Izzy Dame at the end was nothing. You didn't know who she was. There was no Titantron or anything. We couldn't see who she was. We thought it was Lacey Evans. We had no idea. So You know what? If it was Lacey Evans, that would have made the match a little more exciting for me because I love Lacey Evans, the Southern Belle. I don't disagree. So with that being said, we will move on to the main event where Ilya Dragunov defeated Baron Corbin and successfully retained the NXT Championship. Pretty straightforward match a lot slower than the other matches we saw throughout the night obviously the iron survivor challenge you go in 100 miles a minute this was more of your methodical holds the heel baron corbin was working an injury and that was dragging off his ribs in this situation it was physical and it showcased the ability of both men but the question was never really in doubt on this match i think the big takeaway i had from this match was baron corbin looks Pretty fucking sweet when he drives in on a motorcycle. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to say this was one of Corbin's best matches on NXT. If it wasn't for the Mad Dog being so dominant, Corbin looked great. I, I, I thought he could have got the win. Just because we saw so much action-packed matches throughout the whole night, it, it was a little puzzling to end the card with this match. It was a good match, and I enjoyed it, but I know I'm definitely going to enjoy Trick Williams versus Ilya Dragunov more, maybe as soon as New Year's Evil. So let's talk about that impending showdown. Who do we think takes the win there. Do you think Ilya retains over the hottest superstar in Trick Williams? Or does Whoop That Trick emerge to become the NXT champion? You know, after him coming back and getting four pins in a minute and a half and watching that arena explode, he's got the crowd behind him. It could be his time. The iron is hot. Maybe they strike. But maybe Carmelo Hayes strikes and he turns on his partner. Like we were just talking about earlier, the seeds for a Carmelo Hayes heel turn have been planted. So that's going to be very interesting to see. But for now, that was NXT Deadline. What did you guys think of the show? Reach out to us at It's Real to Us on X, Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok, and let us know what you thought. Tony, you got any final thoughts on the show? Overall, I give the show a B plus. It was entertaining. It held my attention. And I thought NXT did a great job. I loved both Iron Survivor Challenge matches. We need more penalty boxes. Just seeing people in the penalty box, foaming at the mouth, waiting to get out. And then when you have multiple people in the box, fighting in the box, very, very entertaining. So I'd like to see more of that. But I was let down with the Carmelo Hayes-Lexus King match. I was let down with the Roxanne Perez-Kiana James match. We got CM Punk. We got HBK. So there was a lot of goods, a couple of lows. I'm going to give it a I think that's the fair. The penalty box was fun, though. When you see the guys yeah. going into the penalty box, it's like the NHL. The buzzer goes off. They're back and fighting. So I enjoyed that a lot. Mm -hmm. So that probably was the highlight for the both of us. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be back to close out the show. Don't go anywhere. Hey, everyone. Today's episode is sponsored by nothing. We don't have any sponsors. These were all just fake ads. So if you'd like to give me some money and... Have us sponsor you? We can do that. 
reach out to us at It's Real to Us. You can find us on X, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. We won't sponsor anybody, but our standards aren't that high. So think about it as we close out the show. Okay, we are back and we are closing out the show. And I, uh, I got to level with you guys. Tonight is a very important night for both myself and the father. We are in the final stages of a colossal fantasy football matchup. Basically, whoever wins is in the playoffs, and whoever loses could be knocked out. We, myself and Mikey P, have a 12-point advantage. He's got Saquon Barkley. We got Devon Achan. Tony, how are you feeling going into tonight? Yeah, I'm in the final stages of an epic collapse. That's how I feel. I'm down by 12 points to you two knuckleheads. And if I lose that, which it looks like I'm gonna, I gotta hope to back in, which I have a shot. But who the hell knows? This could be the all-time collapse in fantasy football. Fucking six and one to start the season, and I don't make the playoffs. How does that happen? Where do you think you went wrong? It's not that I went wrong. My players went wrong. I am a great channel manager. I can't help if these guys don't want to play or they don't show up. What am I supposed to do? I can't cut them. <laughs> so we will let you guys know who wins between. Tony the father, and myself. But I'm sure you're also very interested to know on who is winning between Nathan and I, because remember, we have that bet where the loser of our fantasy matchup will pick from the bowl of mayhem. So the match isn't over yet. It could still go either way, and it will be decided tonight. I'm terrified. I don't want to lose. And I'm sure Nathan's giddy right now, and we're going to talk all about that on the next episode. Fantasy gods are cruel and brutal. As a final reminder, you can find us on Instagram, X, TikTok, and YouTube at It's Real to Us. We are posting memes daily. We have episodes everywhere. If you can support us, however, we really, really would appreciate it. Anything you want to talk about to end the show, Tony? When we were on our way out of NXT deadline, I met those four guys in the bar, and we were talking about wrestling and WWE, and then the one guy goes, you know, I don't know about podcasts. I don't know if I want to listen to a podcast. And he goes, do you guys talk about AEW? And I go to the guy, A.W., I go, that Tony Khan, he's a fucking idiot. Why would I want to talk about a mook that belongs in a locker? I never saw a guy get so happy and excited. He jumped up, he high-fiving me. He goes, give me a card. I'm going to listen to the podcast now. He hated Tony Khan and he hated A.W. For what it's worth, I do think we should do an A.W. podcast. No, nah, we should. It would probably be fun. It would be a lot of fun. I want someone to cut me. Because I got to bleed to do that show. That's all I got is blood. I want to come on the show with my face bleeding, and I'm doing the show. Hey, cut me, Mick. I'm cutting me. Cut my eye, Mick. Cut my eye. All right. Thanks again for joining us, everybody. We really appreciate it. To the great and wonderful people we met at NXT Deadline in Bridgeport, Connecticut. What a wonderful town. I want to say thank you, and we'll see you next time on It's Real to Us. Bye-bye, everyone. See ya.